Welcome back, teacher learners. Today, we are going to tackle another teaching model that is specifically catered to your advanced learners. Having said that, this model can benefit all students and is particularly engaging at the end of the year. Today's topic is project-based learning, or PBL. And once you start using it in your classroom, you will never go back. Today's episode is an introduction to PBL. So we will learn what it is, its benefits, and how to get started. If you've used PBL before, I hope this episode gives you a nice refresher. And for those of you who are completely new to this style of teaching, I hope you take my advice and try PBL in your classroom. What we learn to do, we learn by doing. As Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers, stated so long ago, in order to truly learn a new skill, we must use it. Now, in the educational world, this does not mean doing more practice problems. It also does not mean more homework. What it does mean is to apply a new skill to an authentic, real-life project that we may encounter in our everyday lives, either as a kid or as an adult. Cue one of my favorite cre creative teaching practices, project-based learning, or PBL. This month, we have been chatting a lot about advanced learning, and this teaching method is perfect for your gifted learners. However, please do not hesitate to use PBL with all of your learners, regardless of their academic levels. Should a project be challenging for a specific group of students, incorporate mixed-level partnerships, teacher check-ins, and small group work. There are so many opportunities to include intervention and differentiation within PBL. In today's episode, we will get a brief overview of project-based learning by addressing the following questions. First, what is project-based learning? We're going to define it today. Second, what are the benefits? And third, how do I get started? First, what is project-based learning? Project-based learning is a teaching method in which students gain and apply knowledge through long-term projects that encourage critical thinking in multiple subject areas, creativity, and collaboration. Often these projects are completed hand-in-hand -hand with the curriculum. In other words, students work on these projects at the same time that they are learning the necessary skills for the task at hand. I repeat, at the same time. This is not where you teach a unit and then at the end, instead of a test, the students do a project. Now that's a great way to structure a unit, a unit, don't get me wrong. However, PBL should be alongside the new skills the students are learning. Although I will walk you through how to plan a project later in this episode and then again during my next one, I would first like to explain what I mean by working on a project at the same time as working through the curriculum. Although PBL can act as the curriculum itself with teachers implementing skill-based lessons as students work through their projects, PBL can also be used as a supplement. Let's say that you have a project where students are designing a menu based on seasonal local ingredients. 
they would need to learn about a specific location or biome, research popular recipes, calculate the cost of ingredients, and write menu descriptions using persuasive language. Rather than teach all of these skills at once and then start the project, I would recommend teaching a mini lesson on the first skill and then have students apply that skill to their menus. For instance, I would start with science lessons on various biomes. Afterward, the students would work in pairs to brainstorm plants and animals in their chosen biomes. For the next lesson, I might teach a research skill, like how to identify reliable sources or how to look up a library book. Then I would have students research popular recipes using the new skills that I just taught. I would then go back and forth between mini lessons and PBL work time. This back and forth is, in my opinion, what makes project-based learning so beneficial. That brings me to my next topic, and that is what are the benefits of project-based learning? What I love most about project-based learning is that it emphasizes the why. Students discover firsthand why they are learning these skills in class. For example, students may discover why they need to learn about decimals if they are creating a budget or developing a menu for a restaurant, like we discussed a moment ago. As a teacher, it is sometimes difficult to communicate why we learn the skills we do, but with project-based learning, these conversations come up very naturally within lessons. Another benefit of PBL is that it encourages critical thinking and problem-solving skills. Every project-based learning activity should start with the driving question. This question is the task or challenge that students must address through the completion of the project. Please note that this is not the same thing as a learning objective. It should not be structured as a state standard or even as an I can statement. Rather, the driving question should introduce students to the real life application problem that needs to be solved. Here's a few examples. How can we design a low cost playground in an abandoned lot with these dimensions? How can we start a nonprofit organization to address this social need? If, choose any historical figure from literally any time period, were to start an online business today, what would it be? Develop a reserve for an endangered species. Using your knowledge of what made ancient society successful, create your own civilization. Honestly, the list goes on and on. Another great benefit of PBL is that it allows for student voice and choice. When designing a PBL project, make sure the project does not have a right or wrong answer. There should be plenty of room for creativity and interpretation. When writing the driving question, make sure it is an open-ended question and cannot be a yes or no question. In addition, allow students to make some choices throughout the assignment, such as choosing the online program to use, choosing the topic or subject for the project, or if you're brave, selecting their own partners or groups. By giving students opportunities to make their own choices, you are encouraging them to take ownership of their learning, which leads me to my next point. And that is that project-based learning increases engagement 
by encouraging students to take ownership and pride in their learning. And I cannot emphasize this point enough. No matter what grade I've taught in the past, no matter the student dynamics or the classroom community or even where the school was located, I have noticed one commonality. And that's that students become very proud of their PBL projects. When a student takes this kind of ownership, they become invested, and that investment results in higher engagement. So now that we've learned a bit about project-based learning, as well as its benefits, you may be asking yourself probably the most important question that will be addressed today, and that's, how do I get started? You can start planning your own PBL assignment in just a few steps, and I'm going to go over these steps, but please note that I'm going to dive even deeper into this subject in my next podcast episode, so stay tuned for that. When planning your own PBL assignment, the first thing you need to do is choose one main subject area. Even though these PBL activities are perfect to incorporate different subjects, I encourage you to choose one main focus subject at least to get you started. I usually center my projects around social studies or science, and these projects often act as our assessments in those subject areas. The next step is to write a driving question. Now, my next post is going to go into great detail about how to write a strong driving question, but for now, just know that this is the question that introduces your students to a project. In other words, how it should be some kind of challenge or task that they need to solve through the completion of the project. Third, divide the project into parts and choose your target standards. This is where you can start incorporating more than one subject. You may want each part of the project to focus on one essential standard, perhaps from a different uh, subject area. For example, if students are creating online businesses, one part may be calculating the cost and profit, so perhaps a math standard. Another part of the project may be creating an advertisement or product descriptions, which could be a writing standard. After you've divided your parts and chosen your subjects and target standards, you can go on to create a rubric. It is absolutely critical that your students have access to the rubric before they begin their project. They need to know exactly what it means to be successful, and thus they need access to that success criteria. This is how they will know what's expected of them. Step number five, introduce the project and show exemplar examples. I've been doing PBL type activities for several years, and I have seen a huge difference in the years where I show exemplar examples before starting the unit and where I show them at the end. Trust me, you'll thank me later. Show the exemplar examples before your students start working. Now, the beauty of this is, is that if you continue to teach the same grade level and use the same project year after year, you're gonna actually collect some real life student examples for you to show your next year students. Until then, feel free to show examples from the real world. 
For instance, before my students start to create their own online companies, I show them examples of popular companies' websites like McDonald's, Disneyland. We make observations, we analyze what we liked about the website, what made us want to purchase from that website, and so on. Now, after we look at those examples in the following lesson, I may even dive deeper into a section of the website, perhaps looking at their logos, looking at their mission statements, and things of that nature. Step number six is to choose partners or small groups. Even if you want students to work independently on their projects, I would strongly encourage you to assign mixed level partnerships. Even if they have separate projects, this, these partnerships allow all students to have someone who can offer feedback or help brainstorm ideas. And, and the next step is to create a timeline and check-ins. Do not skip this step. It will make or break your project. Once the project has been planned and introduced, it is time to get to work. You're going to plan mini lessons and check-ins. As mentioned earlier, I recommend going back and forth between direct instruction and work time. After every few lessons, I would plan a check-in with the students so you can offer feedback on each part of the project. Now, I know what you're thinking. This must take a ton of time. I myself have 35 students, so I totally understand where you're coming from. But I meet with my students in the pairs or small groups that they're already working in. And it only takes a few minutes per pair or group. So trust me, this is completely manageable and it will save you a lot of heartache. Your future self is going to thank you because without check-ins, you risk students being totally off the mark or even worse, not completing the project at all. Now, as um, I'm going to talk about at the end of this episode, I actually have some really exciting news in terms of a new TPT product line that's around the corner. If you're looking to save your teacher time and really skip um, all but the final two steps, I will actually do the planning for you with these ready-made PBL projects. So I'll talk to you more about it at the end of the episode, but just know that's coming. Project-based learning does not have to be daunting or time-consuming. Does it take time to plan? Yes. Do you have to do it alone? No. I am more than happy to help you get started. Simply email me at melody at learningandprogress.com and we can brainstorm together. Once your students get started on their projects, you will get to see the real magic happen. Student engagement, ownership, and creativity will significantly increase. You will be blown away by the work that your students produce. Plus, once you have these completed projects, your students will have something very impressive to show at Open House, a PBL showcase, more on that in my next post, or parent-teacher conferences. This is a teaching style that will completely transform your classroom. Thank you for joining me today and venturing into the world of PBL. 
Now my next season is gonna be a back to school season and it's really gonna target literacy, which looking at my next school year is gonna be our main focus. But don't think for a second that PBL is not going to be part of that. Project-based learning is a great opportunity to incorporate literacy, math, science, social studies, all of the subjects that we teach day to day. Now, if you're running out of teacher time, trust me, I get it. So if you're looking to implement PBL without the planning time, I also have some exciting news for you. I'm starting to create over the summer some ready-made PBL units for different grade levels. And for my first project, I'm gonna focus on the American Revolution. So fourth and fifth grade teachers listen closely. I myself have used this project for years and it's by far my students' favorite. It connects math, language, arts, social studies, you name it, it may be a part of it. Now, eighth grade teachers, even though I've never taught middle school, this project can definitely be used for your kiddos too. So you might want to take a peek once it posts. For the latest updates on these new units and more, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Learning in Progress and join my email list on my website, learninginprogress.com. Until next time, have a wonderful summer and don't forget to keep learning.